Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Parenting with Play. I'm Helena Mooney and I am thrilled to have the lovely, I'm going to try and say her name correctly, Vivian Vesta. Uh, still not totally right. Anyway, Vivian, Vivian is um, a fellow aware parenting instructor and um, a gorgeous, gorgeous mum. And I've known Vivian for several years, lots of years actually now. Um, Vivian is a uh, lives in Europe in various different locations, which I'll get her to explain. But her, her son, Valentine, has just turned 13. And so I thought with me having a teenager, and Vivian's son has just turned to a teenager, that um, it's helpful, isn't it? Because when you start this, you it's a real leap of faith going into, okay, so I'm listening to feelings and I'm not punishing and I'm not doing all these things that were either done to me or that everybody else tells me I should be doing, is this going to work out okay? And so today's episode is to give you an insight into what it's like to now have a teenager, to have done aware parenting for a number of years, um, so you can get some, hopefully, <laughs> a sense of, this is going to be great. Um, this is going to be fine. I can trust the process. So welcome, Vivian. I keep saying it wrong. I am trying, um, but it's so fantastic to have you here. So thank you for coming on. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here with you, Helena. Or shall I say and her could name? Could you please, now? for the record, say your name? Um, in Dutch, it's um, Vivian Fiester. Yeah. Could you just give an overview then of you and um, you as a mum uh, in relation to aware parenting and your lovely boy? Yes. Yeah, you said it already. He just turned 13. So I'm a bit in awe of looking back eh, how fast it goes. Like when we're in the moment, it sometimes can look like this is never going to end. And now looking now 13 years later, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, that, that actually went really fast. Um, but yes, I came in touch with aware parenting when he was a little baby. I think he was around three months and um, it resonated with me from the beginning a lot of things we did already um, it was really important for me that he would sleep with us so he did sleep with us already um, it's just a I didn't have that crying part in place It was something that was on my mind a lot. Like it, it didn't feel right what I was doing. Like I was giving him the breast to to stop the crying. So he was on the breast a lot for some days. And um and that bothered me. I just didn't feel didn't feel right. And it was on my mind and I was writing about it a lot. And um and yeah, after the night I had the realization, what would I do if my friend would come to my place? Would I go with her into the kitchen and feed her and give her drinks? Or would I go and sit on a couch with her and listen to her? And I thought I would go and sit on a couch and listen to her. And the next day, the aware baby arrived in my in my mailbox. Wow. So that's um, an interesting coincidence. But sadly, um, I couldn't honor my insight in a way that I wish I would have done. I was like beating myself up for it for not knowing it sooner uh, and, and it was actually a really hard time for me um, at, at that time like when he was like two three months it was a really a really yeah 
<laughs> a really hard time for me. And not only because of this yeah. bit, also because of something else. Like, shall I share about it or shall yeah, we? Yeah, do, please. Yeah. Please. I think everybody um, listening can relate <clears throat> to having a hard time. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always wished that I could look at my boy or if, if I would have a baby, I always had this image. Oh, when I have a baby, I'm going to look at my baby with so much love and care in my eyes. And I will be able to reassure my baby with my eyes that I'm there, that I'm his Ellie, I'm his anchor, I'm his safe haven. Um, and I think that I had that strong wish because that's something my mom has not been able to give me for all the right reasons that she has not been able to give me that but I did not experience that she has been very uncomfortable with making eye contact and so I had this strong wish of being able to do so and then when my son starting started to make eye contact around that time and when they they consciously <laughs> um, focus their eyes and start to make real eye contact I noticed I could not do that like I could not look him in the eyes with love and care and be his safe heaven I felt really uncomfortable too I had a lot coming up um with with direct eye contact so that's but that's been a whole journey on its own and with um crying has been a whole journey on its own as well Can we just well, stayed just... yeah with that because um I didn't know that about what was going on for you then and I think it's really important to to know that when we have these reactions that we intellectually don't want to have or we do something that we intellectually know that this is not helpful or it would be better if we did it some other way but we can't actually help ourselves we can't actually help mm. it and there's always a really really good reason why and when and parenting there's nothing like parenting to bring up these moments and these yeah. insights and this pain actually this hurt that you experienced with your mom who you know through probably no um intention that she mm. you know she had a hard time and and so I think that it gives us those that opportunity to to heal to heal and that's what I love about aware parenting which I hopefully might want to share a bit more about that but um I hear you when you're saying it was a really hard time for you. Yeah. And if for those who are listening, who are going through a hard time and going, I don't know why I'm doing this or I can't do this, even though I want to, you know, it's so it's so valuable to know that there's a really good reason why why you're yes. feeling this way. Yeah. And to and to give yourself compassion rather than beating yourself up over it. Mm. Yeah. And what I've learned on my journey and not only with this like with lots of other things is to we can include it all like we don't need to pretend we don't have it we do need to try to hide it in the closet we don't need to ignore it like we can include all of this and we're still very capable of of mothering like if we even if we have things that we wish we didn't have we're still capable as mothers and we're still valuable and what we do is still valuable and 
yeah i think yeah i felt it felt important to me to to say that that even though parenting doesn't go exactly how you want to like we all have these and that's what i sometimes find the beauty about theory and also really difficult about something that we know in theory because of course we we need it we need the theory because it's something we can resonate with it's something we can work towards to but it's often it takes a journey to to get there mm. and yeah. that can sometimes be really hard as well like because we we know what we want and we know what we would love and we know what resonates with us but we still have our own parts and feelings um needing that all first before we can embody the theory and that's sometimes a really hard bit too i find having the awareness having the knowledge but what you said too but not being able to to put it in practice yet in the way that we would love to yeah there's something it it's not perfectionism or but it's really thinking oh i have to do this right or the proper way and if i don't manage to do that then i'm failing as a mum or i'm falling short and um yes or what happened this is, this what is i hopeless sorry yeah. i don't want to interrupt no 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 it's fine yeah um because I, I mean i did that i used to look at it going right well i'm obviously not doing it right and then when i discovered where parenting and well i'm not doing where parenting right and you know we yeah. can find so many ways to to criticize ourselves and to think that we are failing but actually this is part of life yeah. isn't it and it's yeah. then it's an integral part of parenting is realizing um i was going to say our shortfalls but that's quite a harsh term i think realizing our pain points and yeah. what we need support on so that we can heal from that or at least you know move through aspect enough of it to then be able to to be with our ch baby and or child in the way that we want to be yeah yeah, and also to realize that that also takes time. Like it's not yeah. done in a in a finger snip. Yeah, it it takes time for yeah for our parts and feelings to feel safe again, to show themselves and to have their feelings heard. I'm from I'm just thinking of our younger parts now. Like something that happened forty years ago. Like I've suppressed that for forty years of or disconnected from that for forty years. So these parts that I'm holding on to need to feel safe again to show themselves. They're they're not gonna like with children, they're not just gonna sit on my lap because I want to. I'm like, okay, I want to uh uh yeah, it's not like that. They also need to regain that trust again with with me and like yeah is she really going to hear us now is she really going to be there for us is she really getting the support that she needs is she really going to meet my needs and and yeah and that's a whole journey on its own as well yeah it is i did a um personal development before i became a mum. <clears throat> i saw a life coach what did you do personal development so i saw a life oh, coach yeah. before i became a mum, <clears throat> and i remember going there thinking well i'll just need to go for a few weeks just, you know, knock off some things that are, you know, bothering me and then I'll be fine. Little did I realize that, you yeah, know, yeah. this is an ongoing thing. What I would have done that 18, 19 years ago, <laughs> still, there's still more to uncover. And, and, but that's the beauty of it because then there's more as in, and there's more for us to become 
in the way that we want to become because we we do yeah. go I think I'm stumbling over my words here but it's it's rich it's it I know it's which sounds really cliched but it is genuinely a really rich experience so I'd love to hear how that went for you with the eye contact with your boy how how did that evolve over time yeah I, f- I first I'm called to include something else because mm. I think that's also going on for a lot of parents and moms um I had so much shame so it was really difficult to actually reach out and to start talking about things that were hard for me um and I remember I was part of the Facebook group from back then it was um Patricia Tongren I hope I pronounced her name Patricia Tongren and Marion Rose and it was and I was part of that Facebook group and it was because of their loving and empathic responses that I felt safe enough to reach out so I in the very beginning I had a few sessions with Patricia and then I started having sessions with Marion but it was because of their empathic responses that I thought okay I can I can reach out but it was really hard so I can imagine that more moms have that so if 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 you have that, I'm just talking to the listeners now, like if yeah. you have that, like, I, I don't know, I just love to say, please know we all have our struggles and we all have our, our, our learning processes and we all have things that we regret that we did not do or that we wish we would have done differently. So I just so love for them to not stay alone with it and to, yeah, to to try it, to reach out and see see how it is. Yes. Oh, goodness. As I'm listening to your warm, soft, gentle voice, I'm just like sinking into this, going, oh, yes, what a wonderful woman to share these things with if I was, yeah, wanting to, to talk with you more about this. It's just so, you've got such a beautiful presence about you, Vivian. And I think that's such a, an important part because, yeah, along with the guilt does come the shame and, you know, why am I like this? Oh, I shouldn't be like this. Oh, I feel so embarrassed. I feel so ashamed that I can't, you know, in your example, give my baby eye contact. You know, mm-hmm. you know, is there something wrong with me? Is there something? I don't know what was going through your yeah. mind. <clears throat> that always is my default. Um, yeah. So, you yeah, know, I, no, I definitely had that, too. And and also what you said already, like, I, I'm not an aware parent. Like, I can't call myself an aware parent eh? or or even when I was an instructor already. Like, I don't know if you've had it, but even when like I'm an instructor for eight years now, but that I'm actually really working as an instructor. That's that's not eight years. <laughs> so it yeah. actually yeah. it took me a, a few years to to. Yeah, I find myself good enough in exclamation marks to to work as an instructor. So that was, yeah, that took a long time. But yeah, yeah like with the eye contact. So mm-hmm. specifically about the eye contact, I learned to include it, what I said, I had to include these things rather than to, because in the beginning I want to ignore it. <laughs> like I can make eye contact, I can make eye contact, but... <laughs> Oh, just laughing now when I think, yeah, think back of some of the things that I did. Um, but yeah, so ignore it. It was a part of it, trying to ignore it. 
even though it was so obvious. But then, yeah, including it, including it, um, find talk about it, like what you said. Like I had sessions talking about it, um, getting in touch with with my feelings, mm, um, seeing it as a flag for me as well. So when and this is especially when he started when he was a toddler and in those years when I could see it as a flag for me like okay I've got comfortable eyes what's going on for me yeah um and that's a very different way to look at it rather than going oh what's wrong with me what's going on ah rather than going ah something is going on for me yeah so I took it then yeah yeah and I I played with it as well like when I noticed I had that. Um, what did I play? How did I call it? I think something like, ah, family uncomfortable is here. So I would include it into play, be like, oh, family uncomfortable is here. And then I started looking in all sorts of directions and playing to be afraid to to make eye contact. So I could play it out. And that really helped as well Yeah. Um, to use it into play. So that's what I did too. So I took it as signs for myself like okay what's going on uh and i and i introduced it into the attachment play so it became part of our world so it was included so it was not something that i hit or pretend i didn't have it or it was something that was included i did my own inner work with it um yeah, and saw the signs and used it in attachment play. Amazing. And how would you be, how would you feel now about eye contact in your son? With my, it's, I still have it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it's the same. I, I'm like, ah, okay, good. There is something. But there are also times I'm not. Like, there are also times I just really enjoy looking in his eyes. And then he probably doesn't even notice it. But I'm kind of, when he's then talking to me and I'm, and I'm looking at him and he's talking to me. I have it on the inside. I'm like, oh, I'm just so enjoying looking into you. Fine. And I hope you don't mind me asking in this podcast, but how is it then, has it had an effect on your relationship with your mother? Um, the healing work you've done around eye contact with your son, has that, and you can share as much or as little as you want to here. I think I have so much more understanding and compassion for my mom (laughs) yeah yeah that's yeah I um I don't think she will listen to this but if you are listening to this mom uh, please nothing personal no um my mom like I hated that about my mom when I was a teenager the not being able to make eye contact and um and she's a quite an insecure person. And I hated that as a teenager. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Really hated it. And I wasn't aware that on some level I had the same. Like I was really insecure as a young woman. Like mm-hmm. really insecure. I was just not aware of it because I had my personality in place. And yes but looking back i i it's so obvious like i was so insecure and it's almost like me becoming a mom 
kind of cracked me open, like kind of cracked that personality that I've created once open. And I met my mom in myself. Yeah, so I have a lot more understanding for her, a lot more compassion. Um, did did my relationship with her change? I think it does. I think it's softer because of having that understanding and compassion. So it is softer. Yeah. But to be honest, like I still have feelings coming up towards my mom from my childhood. So also yeah. that is like a continuously, uh, continuous journey. Like I, I was just last week, I was just having so much rage coming up. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's an ongoing journey as well. Like sometimes I'm I'm it's like I don't live close to my parents, so that's different too than I imagine many people have. But when I am at home, we're usually there for multiple weeks. And sometimes I'm there and thinking like, oh wow, I've got so much compassion and I've I'm feeling so connected with myself. I've got so much compassion and then there are times that I'm just freaking out on the inside of me because I'm so full with reactions and and comments and so it's yeah so there too it's um an ongoing journey yeah, yeah. does that does that answer your question yeah I think so I, I mean just thinking about how sometimes when we heal when we work on things in order to heal within ourselves to help our children Wait, I the have flow actually, effect can go yeah. back up a generation. So, yeah, it's interesting hearing your experience with that. Um, yeah, but what is very interesting to there have been occasions actually where where my parents have been listening to me crying. Wow! So that's something I could not have imagined before. But there have been a few happenings in my life that I've been really sad about and there have been times that I was crying at the table with them and they were just present with me wow. so that's yeah those it's not it's not been a lot it's maybe three times that I that are, is coming in my mind now but yeah those those moments were really beautiful yeah. wow amazing so now that your boy is a teenager officially, I think looking back, how have you, how can you, it's a bit hard to say, how can you see the effects of aware parenting on your teenage boy now? Because I suppose also you live quite a radically different type of life. You live quite a nomadic life, constantly seeing on Facebook that you're moving to another, not constantly, but you move to, you move countries a lot and you move around a lot and and you homeschool your son, don't you? Oh, not homeschool. Unschool. <laughs> yeah. Unschool. Like we don't have a, a program that we that we follow. Yeah. So yeah, so no, he doesn't go to Natural school. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you feel confident about now with aware parenting that to begin with, you might have been a bit unsure about, a bit like, ooh, I'm stepping into the unknown here, whereas now you can go, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there, I could talk an hour about this already. We have So minutes. I'm just looking at the time. We only have 10 <laughs> minutes, but it's kind of like, oh, here, there's, 
yeah, I could talk an hour about this or even longer. What would be the, would be the top, the the top, top things that you, yeah. Top things. The first things that come to my mind is trusting their learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that's blown my mind. Like, it's what you say, huh? You said that in in the introduction that we we actually know each other for many years already. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, there were not so many instructors to to have feedback from or to hear their stories from. Um, I do remember having a book from Naomi Aldort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I pronounce her name right, by the way. Yeah, Naomi Aldort. Yeah. 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 And I remember a few things from her book and they just stayed with me. And one of them is, um, for example, learning to ride the bicycle that she said, children have their balance. Um, They don't need these wheels on the side. If you give those wheels on the side, they actually relearn to trust that balance that they already have. And then it doesn't make sense. Like when we think we should when we think our child should be able to ride without them, we decide when we take them off. So that's something that always stayed with me. So when he was he was interested in biking from a very young age, so I think he had his first bicycle when he was, I think, three. We found this tiny little bike on, on um, a flea market. Do you say flea market? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on a flea market and we got it for him and we really needed to remind ourselves to not say anything because we're so full of do this, do that, oh, don't do this, do that, oh, break, uh, steer left, steer right, whatever. So we consciously taped our mouth, Um, not not really, of course, but like (laughs) we didn't say anything and we just gave him the bike and a couple of hours later he was he was cycling. But what I see now looking back, the things he feels, in my opinion, he feels most competent in are things we did not interfere or interfered at the least. Like, for example, swimming too. We did not give him swimming lessons or whatsoever. And he uh, he feels really competent, competent in swimming. He feels really competent in, in biking and in skiing. Um so that's that's something I'm seeing. Okay, things where we did the least intervention is can I say it like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he feels really competent in. And also because a lot of parents and I was a bit worried about that too with the writing and reading because children that don't go to school, they do start later with these things because the main communication is talking like we we talk in in our communication and in school i'm sure you know this but um it just comes up for me to say like in school they want children to write as soon as possible because that's their way of communication like they read what the children write and 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 with that measure their where they're at and and we didn't have that at home like our main communication was was talking so that came way later the writing and the reading but he writes, he reads. Oh, he writes on the computer. He doesn't write much like this. <laughs> he doesn't write much with him, but he did. And it all came naturally. It all came naturally. Yeah. And that's what blows my mind. I, I don't know how it works. Huh? I don't know 
how they do it, how children do it, but it's it's really yeah. in the yeah. first couple of years we are used to trust our children. Eh? We're used to trusting that they learn to crawl when they're ready. They learn to walk when they're ready. We don't interfere. We don't say like we <laughs> we don't try to make them crawl or um, yeah, true, yeah. True. yeah. And so we really uh, trust their learning process, and at some at some point. We've learned to not trust that anymore. At some point, we we've learned to interfere and and think that we should learn them things. Um, so that's um, yeah, that's something that's really blown my mind several times. That that their learning process, like it continues yeah. the same as in the very beginning, the learning process, but just with different things. And I'm amazed by that. And also by seeing when they're ready, they will do it. Like, we don't need to force things. There will become a point when they're ready and then they will do it. And then you'll be sitting at home and be thinking like, wow, they're just doing it now, like on their own. And so that's, yeah, something I find beautiful to have seen as well. Like we don't need to push things. Like sometimes you have to, or or I guess some in some families, especially when when there is a school involved, you you kind of have to you kind of have to push your your yourself and your child into things you would otherwise not push yourself and your child into. So I see that too. But in in the way that we lived, we didn't not really need to push him much in yeah in in ways that you would maybe have uh, because of yeah. you living a different life. So it's yeah. for, for me really reassuring and beautiful to see, wow, it has all its own timing. And when the timing is there and when they're ready, they will do it. And whether that is learning or writing or going out on their own or um, Even anything. Sleep, yeah. I mean, bringing it sort of, slightly out of the schooling environment, you know, homeschool environment, unschooling environment. But, you know, even just like co-sleeping. Um, I know when yes. we started co-sleeping, everyone was like, oh, you're making a rod for your own bed back and, oh, you're never going to get him out and blah, 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 blah. And with my son, he slept with us until he was six. Um, and then I think I got to a point where I was done and mm. he then just transitioned so easily into his bed that I that was a real revelation for me because I thought you know I believed everybody going oh god once he's in how am I going to get him out and then that was stressing mm. me out rather than actually just enjoying I mean I did but enjoying being with our children in that way and knowing that you know he's not going to want to be sleeping with me when he's 24 you know um and every now and again we well you know we might he might come in with me like I don't know rarely but every now and again but trusting that process that actually our children are designed to be with us when they're little, they need us. And then they are going to venture out. They are going to want to learn about the outside world. They are going to become more nat independent or interdependent really naturally on their own terms. And the more we try and force it, the less, the less enjoyable it is for anybody and it doesn't mm. really help them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Sorry to jump to a second thing, but, but um, that's because I'm aware of the Got time. Two minutes left. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because another thing that I think is important to mention is the trust. Like there's 
a way way more trust now like way more trust in our relationship way more trust in the ebbs and flow of life the way more trust in the process of things um things i could freak out about when he was little i don't freak out about anymore because i know tomorrow is a different day like i can have like a really terrible day today and i might not be up for play at all and i don't have any empathy and I don't have any understanding for for the other person and I can be way more kind with myself take care of myself and know there will be another day there will be another day well where we'll be where we will be laughing on the ground again um, because of having so much fun together and there will be another day where he might share and I and I'm in a, in, a, in a space of being really present and being able to hear him in, in what he wants to share with me. So that's something I'd love to include too, that there's a lot more trust in in the process, in the journey, in the relationship, in that that things will change again. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that is a really important point to note because I often have mum saying oh gosh I did this one thing and does that mean he's now no longer going to trust me is this going to impact our relationship have I damaged him you know and and getting very upset which I've also done about a particular incident and I just think that that there is another day we do have that opportunity to repair to to trust our relationship actually it's trusting the child but also trusting that the relationship that we have with our child is strong and will withstand ruptures and us losing it yeah. and not being as present and as wonderful yeah. as we would like to be but we can trust that actually we we can have a really good relationship with our child despite all of that yeah yes and that repairing can also actually be something really beautiful like i yeah. found that too that sometimes it can be really beautiful to repair something yeah. And even that has its time, I find. Like sometimes we want to repair, but it's we're actually not ready to repair yet. I don't know if you find it, but I have that sometimes. Like sometimes, oh, sometimes I, I don't want to say sorry. <laughs> that we no, <laughs> no, 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 not even that. But sometimes like we, we carry our feelings about it as well. Yeah, yeah. That's and sometimes it actually, it. yeah. And sometimes it also takes time to to process these feelings and even though we might want to repair get over it and continue it's it can take a long time too yeah it can um conscious of time any passing yes. words just to wrap up with about your feelings around aware parenting you've been doing it for 13 years any final sort of takeaways succinctly we'll obviously have to talk about this again another time but just for now just so that people can go um, okay i think what the first thing that comes to me is and i'm just going to use these words because that's so often the words that come to our minds like you are a good enough parent also when things don't go as described in the books like you truly are a good enough parent with all your with all that's in, still in your backpack, like with all the younger parts that you still carry with you, and with all the, and in all the moments that 
you don't parent in the way that you would love to from your thoughts. Like you truly are valuable and you truly make a difference. And what you do is truly valuable. Oh, I can't think of a better way to end the podcast than with that sentiment. Can you? So thank you so much, Vivian. It's absolutely been lovely having you on the podcast and to hear be with your gentle, soft, lovely voice and all of your wisdom. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Helena. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Vivian, she is on Instagram at Vivian Vista Aware Parenting. Vivian, V-I-V-I-A-N, and then Vista, V-I-E-S-T-E-R, and then Aware Parenting. So Vivian Vista Aware Parenting, her link is in the show notes. Okay, thanks. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.